0: good morning everyone and welcome to another episode of hangouts and headlines a little bit of a late start this monday morning a little bit of a late start to that late start this monday morning i hope you can forgive me i wanted to make sure that we got uh some good material today to talk about we've got an interesting lawsuit uh that is basically what everybody is discussing to some extent Um, And so I wanted to make sure I was prepared for that. And quite frankly, sometimes it just doesn't come together uh, at the start time that I have put together. So eight o'clock this morning, actually 8.04. I hope everybody is doing well. How is everybody doing today? Um, For whatever reason, StreamYard has just decided to throw another spanner in the works, I think is a reference that we saw last week uh, by having the comments not come up quite as well. Uh, But Hello, everybody. Hello from Ohio. Uh, let's see here. Power went out for a little bit this morning, says uh, says someone. Uh, so that was fun. Yeah. Isn't that always the case, right? You're trying to put together a stream, trying to put together a live show. Have fun on a Monday morning. You got up early. You're ready to go. And I'm going to be frank with you all. The article that I was planning to do kind of fell through because I didn't think there was enough that was of interest to talk about um, so I was looking at some of the other things uh, that were available, and I think we've got a great one today, uh, but it did take a little bit longer to put together at, at the top of this. Uh, good morning from central Pennsylvania. Hello, Ireland. I'm saying hello, Ireland. I think you're saying you're hello from Ireland. Hey, Trish Norman, happy Ireland to you this Monday. Uh, greetings from Cologne, Germany. Morning from North Carolina. I love all this stuff. Hoglaw, Law, do you have a P.O. box? I want to send you a zombie doll. Now, just in case that sounds odd to anybody here, it's it's not a zombie doll uh, or voodoo doll or just something is being sent as a threat. We had uh, Dungeons & Dragons experience this weekend uh, that if you didn't see, I am just so, so happy about uh, how it went, how everybody did. We had this awesome animation made by our GM. Um, and... Uh, Everybody was great. It was a hilarious time. It's about two hours long. Check it out. Let me know what you think about it, because we might try to make this a thing uh, on the channel, uh, and I think it would be uh, a lot of fun to do. You could also go in, check out uh, Ian and Rob and Alita, uh, getting their feet under them in Dungeons & Dragons. Not Ian so much. He was basically already uh, fully fully aware of what would be expected of him and what he wanted to do. But Alita and Rob are particularly fun to watch uh, as people that have never, ever, ever played, I don't think a tabletop role playing game at all and kind of getting used to the fact that they can just use their imagination in whatever manner they see fit was a lot of fun, right? So I don't have a uh, PO box, uh, but you can send to the law firm, which is publicly available information uh, right now. Uh, and uh, they'll, they'll take packages and mail uh, and everything else. So if you look that up, um, it's on my website. If you otherwise want to DM me, I can send that uh, address separately. Uh, but that's known to the world. You can send things there and I will receive them. Um, so yeah, if you want to you make a brains, uh, which was the name of our zombie companion on Saturday, uh, please feel free to do so. Absolutely. A lot of fun. Um, what else we have here? Uh, it was a great time. Uh, I, most playing d d you miss playing d d so entertaining. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And David, of course, if you didn't get to see him, our professional GM, well aware of what was necessary to make things a good time, especially for people of all sorts of different ranges of experience and abilities uh, with these kinds of things. Uh, so 100%. Oh, and I, I, think, I think he's in the... Uh, chat right now. So uh, David is Prototopics. He says, I like Brains. Uh, and of course, Brains is the name of our zombie companion. So please do check uh, him out. Check his channel out. He's doing that uh, in a number of different capacities here on YouTube and elsewhere. Uh, and we could not have had more fun. Such an exciting time. I think we're definitely going to be working to put something even more permanent together on that score because so many people reached out to me Uh, and said that, um, most importantly, uh, in a serious world with a lot of serious stuff going on, we're going to talk about the seriousness of the rainbow as part of this episode. Uh, They were just happy to have something that was just goofy, right? I mean, like, we're just acting ridiculous. I'm putting on voices. You know, I'm a giant, red, like, 300-pound dragonborn guy that just really loves the zombie that got strapped to his shield. So if that sounds at all interesting to you, check it out. If it doesn't... Well, then maybe don't, Uh, but either way, uh, if you engage with it, you want to put a down vote on that's useful information as well. Uh, Constructive criticism always accepted uh, in this space, but had just a ton of fun. um, And I'm looking forward to potentially doing it uh, again. Uh, Alexander says, I love your interaction with Lumber Loss," which was, of course, Rob the Wood Elf on Saturday. I'm so sad I missed it live. Well, here's the good news. I do not think that will be the last Lawyers and Dragons on the channel And as we get more used to it, I almost did this halfway through the episode on Saturday. We're going to be able to engage with the audience even a little bit more. We're going to have some uh, chats that I'll be able to highlight that are commentary on the situation, a little peanut gallery and potentially talk to David a little bit about this. We could have instances where the audience gets to uh, make something happen uh, in the game for us and we can react to that. But I didn't want to do that in that episode because I didn't want to throw, especially the people that had never played it ever before. Um, so we're going to ramp that up, I think. Uh, but if you like that, I think there's going to be more of it in this space. If you didn't, I apologize. I think there's going to be more of it in this space. Uh, good morning, B19. Uh, yep, and StreamYard is really having trouble right now. Uh, what else we have here? Yeah. Um, Apple pie. Oh, prototopics. You could have mom situations with the chat as the mob. Hmm. Emoji. Yeah. Lots of fun options, potentially moving forward with some audience participation. I know folks had reached out as part of the episode and said, oh, can we get can we get people in there? And that's that's always a trick. I, I love everybody, but it's always a trick to get people into a streaming space on the on the episodes uh, that uh, we don't necessarily know in that capacity. Um, but I think we can do things with, um, with different things with the chat and have a lot of fun uh, and potentially bring on guest appearances. We've talked about that. Um, folks that maybe couldn't commit to a campaign, which behind the scenes, don't tell anybody, you know, Alita is already messaging about, wait, you know, we can do this and we can do a number of episodes and we can do a whole big thing. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too much, but I can tell you that the participants, uh, are really, really pumped about that. Um, so uh, with that said, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. we got a lot of Skittles to talk about. I don't know. Do, do any of you like Skittles? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the candy, whether you prefer chocolate flavor or uh, what do I usually refer to them as? Fruity uh, candies, like a like a Skittle. Uh, but it was a big news item over the weekend that Skittles is being sued in California. Um, and we're going to talk about the details there. Um Mickey Merch, uh, could you explain the term in limine uh, or in lemony uh, or any other pronunciation there? Not so well, honestly. <laughs> so uh, if you have been following me in my various travails around the internet, you know, I'm not a litigator. Um, so I do transactional stuff. Uh, it, the motions in limine are uh, motions that are separate from the rest of the, the, the motion practice and, and the trial proceedings directly. But I would be lying to you if I told you exactly what it meant in Latin, and I would be lying if I told you exactly what it meant procedurally. I am positive I learned it uh, 22 years ago uh, in my civil procedure class, but I am positive that there are other people that can answer it better, Uh, and maybe I will add a comment here uh, as as I look it up. One of the things that lawyers say a lot to clients, good ones at least, is not that they know everything in the world, but they know where to find it and I could find out what it means pretty quickly and I could explain it a little bit better than I can right this second. So I apologize that I can't, uh, but they are motions. They are, they are, they're motions that are somewhat separate from the ordinary procedure of the trial. So um, I hope that helps. uh, And maybe I can get a better answer answer for you later. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, Monday morning, starting out with answers that I can't give terribly well, but like I said, You want the lawyer that says that and not the lawyer that just tries to bluff you on what they don't know. Trust me. Um, Let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, Skittles, not really a thing here in Spain. The yellow dye they use in the U S is actually forbidden in the EU because it is carcinogenic, but the FDA just said it only matters in very high amounts. Yeah. We're actually going to see a split like that. When we look at this lawsuit between the EU and the FDA, at least as it stands right now. So, that's actually a really good note. Thank you for that chat item, because we, that's exactly what we're going to see here. And probably what's going to make a California lawsuit very difficult for this person. We'll we'll read through the lawsuit. I haven't read through it all. So we'll be doing some of that first reading uh, type of stuff that uh, we did last week when folks clipped out my reactions to that NBC article. Can you believe that? Can you believe the nerve of people like Rob at Law and Lumber? clipping out my reactions, taking advantage of my emotional state, having read what NBC put out there. (sighs) No, but seriously, uh, it was pretty funny. And I I think I said this on Twitter, but I believe his tweet of me swearing uh, on the channel uh, was uh, the most popular tweet of any clip from this channel. And I didn't make it. Rob did. He's good at that. Go you. Um, so let's talk about this article. So we've got uh, we've got some dragons we can put back up here. Um, and then we have some coverage. So we look at these articles. So I brought up the Today Show one. This is from July 15th. So this is the end of last week. This wound up being a very kind of discussed term on the internet over the weekend, which is one of the reasons I thought it would make a good video here. Lawsuit against Skittles claims the candy is unfit for human consumption. Good headline. That is what this lawsuit does. Now, obviously, it's presented in a way that is concerning. It's alarming. Um, whether or not that's for good reason or not, your mileage may vary. Uh, but it does present what is actually in the lawsuit. This phrase is used, and that's what the lawsuit claims. It doesn't try to make it more than it is. But certainly, selecting this as a news item did put some you know, fear and concern, I think, in a number of people's uh, minds because Skittles are very, very popular candy in the United States. Um, and I think most people that have any love of fruity candies at all have eaten them quite a bit. So you see this headline, you go, wait, what? Um, and that that's actually part of what might prove to be a problem with the lawsuit, which is you have essentially a lot of people eating a lot of Skittles for a long time. Um, and that's going to be a potential issue for actually claiming that they are toxic uh, in this particular instance, because effectively you've had pretty long experiments with a high volume of experimentees um, eating these things. Mars Incorporated is being sued by a consumer who claims that Skittles are unfit for human consumption. We doubled the quote there, but that's all right. Consumer Janelle Thames, or Thames, were are American, filed the lawsuit in Oakland, California on Thursday claiming in court documents obtained by NBC News that the candy contains heightened levels of a substance here called titanium dioxide, or TiO2. In a statement to Today, a Mars Inc. spokesperson said, while we do not comment on pending litigation, which is a good idea, folks, our use of titanium dioxide complies with FDA regulations. So if we go and we look at the FDA regulations, and thankfully, today's show linked to a Code of Federal Regulations page. So good on you, today's show. I don't think I say enough when I am you know, proud or happy or, or just thinking good thoughts about something that's put up in, in one of these journalistic outlets, but you linked to the Code of Federal Regulations, good on you. And what do those federal regulations say? They say, the color additive titanium dioxide may be safely used for coloring foods generally, subject to the following restrictions. The quantity of titanium dioxide does not exceed 1% by weight, of the food, which would be a lot of food coloring for for any kind of food. So the current FDA regulation, which is what governs kind of food and drugs, I know it's a surprise from the Food and Drug Administration, uh, in the United States uh, says this is okay, Um, and this is updated, this is what we're going with, and Mars says, yeah, we follow the FDA rules. Now, that's not every jurisdiction on Earth, obviously. We're going to talk about the EU. We talked about it in the chat already, and the EU – has different rules and they have been looking at this particular substance for some time. We will see the background in that when we look at their equivalent to the Food and Drug Administration. Here's also where I say, since I know I have a lot of Europeans in the chat and a lot of folks that follow from Europe and other jurisdictions in general, I'm an American lawyer, right? And I'm not necessarily a Food and Drug Administration lawyer although a number of my clients' products have dealt with them primarily from the life sciences uh, side of things. Uh, And so I'm familiar with that process. But in general, like all forms of law, we have specialists in different areas. And those specialists can include specialists with dealing with things like food and drug administration, regulatory concerns. Um, So that's not something that I generally handle. But even when I do, it's generally with respect to the United States and different jurisdictions can have different rules. And that might be where a complaint like this one would find a better angle of attack is in a jurisdiction that takes A little bit stronger approach to things like this than the American FDA. We're going to look at what the EU says about this, but we'll 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 note spoilers is that they are far more precautionary principle oriented on this particular question. I can't speak for them as a philosophical entity for everything else that they might do, but on this, they are uh, going to effectively ban this substance based on unknowns, Um, and that. Is its own problem when bringing a lawsuit, at least in the United States. Uh, But we'll talk about that when we get to it. The lawsuit notes that the toxin was banned in France in 2019 and that the company announced it would comply with the country's law. Just last May, the European Food Safety Authority determined that TIO2 could not be considered safe for consumption. We're going to read that document, prompting the European Commission's announcement that it would adopt a ban on the use of TIO2 as a food additive. In the U.S., the company continues to use TIO2 in the product and has failed to inform consumers of the implications of consuming the toxin per the lawsuit. So you can already see the issues here, which is that we're going to look at this lawsuit, which is over here. As I promised, we're going to look at the actual lawsuit and talk about it. Um, But it's going to be premised on findings in the European Union versus what is actually governing the way Mars Incorporated sells products. In the United States. Now, because of that, because they don't really have a products liability claim here, at least yet, um, they're going to depend on California law. And as we talked about with respect to Epic versus Apple, California takes a very broad Uh, consumer protection angle. Now that's very broad for the United States. That might not be very broad compared to the EU or Australia or these other jurisdictions that often pop up in our conversations, but it's broad for the United States. And they're going to try to lean on things like unfair competition. We'll talk about those as we get to them. But depending on the EU for a finding of toxicity, which really isn't based on finding actual toxicity, but the unknown of toxicity is going to present an evidentiary issue here. So before you throw out all your Skittles, understand that there's a great deal of question marks here that are even acknowledged on the EU side of things. So I also wanted to compare that headline from today with some others that you see and and how they're reporting on these. You've got USA Today here. Everybody loves the pictures of Skittles. Skittles are unsafe for consumers' lawsuit charges. Now, let's just comment on this, right? We talk about rhetoric here. We talk about headline writing. Um, This puts lawsuit charges second. Skittles are unsafe for consumers first. So if you're just scanning this, this looks like a Uh, actual conclusory statement, right? We compare that to what today says, lawsuit against Skittles claims. And that's distinct in terms of the message that is actually delivered to the consumer, the reader from Skittles are unsafe. And then you just put your hand up and you don't read the rest. And that's that's what gets in your head. Skittles are unsafe. Oh my God, lawsuit charges. Like that's not how we talk, (laughs) right? Nobody talks like Yoda here. Skittles are unsafe lawsuit charges. No, that's not what we do. Because they contain a known toxin. So we've got this lawsuit charges here and your two takeaway points from USA Today are Skittles are unsafe and they contain a known toxin, not even alleged, right? And now maybe you don't have to use alleged because the EU has some findings, but they don't really find it as a toxin. They find it as an unknown element that might do things and they want to be very safe about that. And who can blame them? Not blaming them here but they take a different philosophical approach than the FDA appears to be taking. Um, similarly, you got the USA Today article saying a lot of the same things uh, as what we saw in today. You do see them actually diving into the Code of Federal, federal Regulations and it's they link it as well. Um, the color additive titanium dioxide may be safely used for coloring foods generally. So in terms of this dispute, you've got this headline, you've got a number of paragraphs talking about the lawsuit, and then they note, oh, by the way, The FDA is cool with it, Uh, but there are several restrictions, such as the quantity of titanium dioxide not exceeding 1% of the food's weight, which I I don't make Skittles, but I can't imagine that it's remotely close to 1% of the actual weight of the food that you would otherwise ingest. While the regulated use of titanium dioxide in food products is still legal in the U.S., as acknowledged here, it has been banned in some other countries, including throughout Europe. And that's bringing us back to this European discussion, right? Here is the EFSA, the European Food Safety Authority, which somebody can correct me on in the chats, but I believe is the EU equivalent of the Food and Drug Administration. And they put out in May of last year that titanium dioxide E171 is no longer considered safe when used as a food additive. Uh, The EFSA has updated its safety assessment. Now, they operate a little bit differently, not entirely differently, but a little bit differently than the United States does. This is effectively advisory, as we will see in this document on the whole, for the regulatory authorities in both the EU, the the high level, and the member states. uh, That's the countries. So we say, uh, Professor Magid Yunus, chair of EFSA's expert panel on food additives and flavorings, the FAF. So governments, uh, the FAF of the EFSA said, taking into account all available scientific studies and data, the panel concluded that titanium dioxide can no longer be considered safe as a food additive. A critical element in reaching this conclusion is that we could not exclude genotoxicity concerns after consumption of titanium dioxide particles. We'll talk about genotoxicity in just a second. But what's important here when we're talking about law is that this isn't a finding that it is genotoxic. This is a finding from scientists that they can't exclude genotoxicity. And while that might sound like angels on the head of a pin in certain contexts, that is different for purposes of establishing liability with what you would have to tell someone, right? If you're Mars and you're selling Skittles, do you have to say the European Union could not exclude genotoxicity? I don't know. Reasonable minds can differ on what the regulations might read as. The FDA doesn't seem to require that. What does the EU require? We'll we'll get to it because this winds up in a ban. Uh, After oral ingestion, the absorption of titanium dioxide particles is low. However, they can accumulate in the body. So this is what we would call the precautionary principle. We don't know what it does. We can't rule out very bad things. Uh, And so we are going to ban it. Not every jurisdiction on earth kind of takes that principle to this level. Our scientific experts applied for the first time the 2018 EFSA scientific committee guidance on nanotechnology to the safety assessment of food additives. So we're clear because these are very, very small. They're using their nanotechnology assessment, which is just funny, right? It's not necessarily wrong, but to think of Skittles as the first time that the European Union looked at nanotechnology in food, just amusing. Maybe it'll be a Jeopardy question someday. Titanium dioxide E171 contains at most 50 particles, 50% of particles in the nano range, less than 100 nanometers, to which consumers may be exposed. Now, what is genotoxicity? Genotoxicity refers to the ability of a chemical substance to damage DNA. The genetic material of cells. So the actual assertion here, especially in lawsuit land, is that Skittles run the risk of genetically modifying your DNA. Which, by the way, if you were to say that sentence on YouTube, hi, YouTube robots, um, and not otherwise couch it in legal analysis or news analysis like we're doing here, probably gets you on a conspiracy theory uh, uh, blacklist. uh, including maybe even a strike, right? Skittles cause DNA modifications is not a sentence that you're going to get away with lightly. Now, maybe they do, right? The EU says they could. We don't know what this particular food additive, this coloring does, uh, and maybe it's altering everybody's DNA. Um, As genotoxicity may lead to carcinogenic effects, cancer, it is essential to assess the potential genotoxic effect of a substance to conclude on its safety. So we can't accept this as an option if we can't conclude one way or the other. Professor Matthew Wright, both a member of the FAF panel and chair of EFSA's working group on E171 said, although the evidence for general toxic effects was not conclusive, so they don't have conclusive evidence one way or the other, on the basis of the new data and strengthened methods, we could not rule out a concern for genotoxicity and consequently we could not establish a safe level for daily intake of the food additive. Now, A, don't eat Skittles daily. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure we've all had weeks like that, um, but just not a not a recommendation to, to eat Skittles daily. Uh, but outside of that, this is not exactly as portrayed in the news articles we've read, right? So yes, there's a lawsuit. Yes, there are claims. And yes, they will say that this is definitive one way or the other, but... Even the scientists here are effectively saying, hey, let's be careful, not Skittles will kill you and, and kill your kids and are modifying your DNA. It's just, well, what we've got here is we've got a new standard we are using, and we're using that new standard with strengthened methods. And because of whatever standards those are, whatever bars we have to cross, uh, we can't cross them with the studies that we have been doing on this candy And so we are going, or they're not actually studying the candy, they're studying the additive. We can't conclude that this additive doesn't otherwise do these things. And so we're going to recommend that the member states get rid of it. Uh, Titanium dioxide is authorized as a food additive currently in the regulations when they write this last May. In its 2016 opinion, the ANS panel recommended new studies be carried out to fill the gaps on possible effects on the reproductive system, which could enable them to set an acceptable daily intake uncertainty around the characterization of the material used as the food additive was also highlighted in particular with respect to particle size and particle size distribution of titanium dioxide used as that food additive. That's what E171 is. That's the use case as a food additive. So again, uncertainty is the watchword here. They think they don't have enough data on what this thing does. uh, And so they look to examine it as early as 2016. Then in 2019, the French Agency for Food, Environment, and Occupational Health and Safety, ANSES, does its own study. In its statement, EFSA highlighted that that opinion reiterated the uncertainties and data gaps previously identified and did not present findings that invalidated the authorities' previous conclusions on the safety of titanium dioxide. So 2019 rolls around, the French do their own examination. We heard in the article, the French apparently banned this the earliest. Uh, And then here the EFSA is defending itself as how it felt in 2019 saying, Nothing that they said made us reconsider our conclusions on safety. And then something changed, right? And that something that appears to have changed is that they applied this new standard um, in a different way. And so they wind up saying, well, we don't think it's safe. General concern for genotoxicity cannot be ruled out. Should I stop eating products that contain it? In their role as risk managers, the European Commission and member states will now reflect on our scientific advice. Decide upon any appropriate regulatory measure or advice for consumers. In other words, that's not up to us. We just think we don't know what we don't know on this. And now go talk to your politicians. Is the EFSA banning it? No. Our role is limited to evaluating risks. Legislative and regulatory decisions are the responsibility of the European Commission and the member states. So as of May of last year, the uh, EFSA says we don't like it. It's no longer considered safe. Meaning, we can't guarantee its safety, uh, but we're not banning anything here. And as we'll see in the lawsuit, apparently the member states and the European Commission moved to do that, moved to have it eliminated as a food additive. Um, The Center for Food Safety, we also see referenced in a bunch of these articles, uh, has said, uh, that Mars Corp agreed to get rid of this particular food additive as far back as 2016. The Center for Food Safety is effectively a political lobbying group uh, designed to empower people, support farmers, and protect the earth from the harmful impacts of industrial agriculture. So this is kind of what they do. They, they move to have companies like Mars Uh, Change things about uh, what they're making, how they're producing them, including getting rid of things like additives. They link to a statement that was made by Mars, according to them, on this particular topic. That page doesn't exist under that link. Now things move around. Unfortunately, we do have the Wayback Machine here, and we can see that, at least as far as the Internet Archive is concerned, on the Mars.com website in 2016, Mars says they are going to remove all artificial colors from its human food portfolio human food. Other, other entities can still have food additives uh, if that is helpful. Now, importantly, as they say, they announced today that it, they will remove all artificial colors from their human food products as part of a commitment to meet evolving consumer preferences. Though many of the company's products are already free of artificial colors by expanding the scope of the effort to its entire human food portfolio, Mars is making a commitment of significant depth and breadth. Artificial colors, according to Mars, pose no known risks to human health or safety. But consumers today are calling on food manufacturers to use more natural ingredients in their products. Against this backdrop, Mars will work closely with its suppliers to find alternatives that not only meet the strict quality and safety standards, but also maintain the vibrant, fun colors consumers have come to expect from the company's beloved brand. So at least as Mars is concerned in 2016, this isn't about safety This is about a certain consumer preference for thinking things are all natural or what have you, or just not liking scientific names in what they ingest. Now, I don't know that anybody that's otherwise purchasing Skittles as a product thinks, "Mm, I hope those Skittles are all natural. They're little sugar pellets for Pete's sake, but maybe there are. And so Mars says in response to this particular push that they're going to get rid of them. And I believe they give themselves a five-year timeline. Uh, but it might not be in this statement. But they say they're going to do it over the course of time. Uh, It's going to take a while. Oh, here it is, which will take place incrementally over the next five years. Obviously, we're more than five years past 2016. Also, obviously, there have been a few market distortions and other issues that have happened between 2016 and 2022. But either way, Mars is not saying it's because we're worried about safety with these things. Mars is saying that, well, this is what people want. That's important because, well, the lawsuit's going to frame it a little differently. That's what Mars says. Uh, and that's referenced in a couple of articles. We also see uh, Reuters covering it. Skittles are toxic. U.S. lawsuit claims kind of the same locution here as USA Today. I think out of these three, Today does it the best by actually talking about what a lawsuit claims, not putting this as the, the first kind of sentiment. I'm not saying this is unethical. This is actually pretty standard headline process for a lot of folks. Uh, But I do think that it runs the risk of actually making whatever is alleged in a lawsuit appear more concluded than it actually is. When anybody, as we say, can file a lawsuit against anybody else uh, in the United States. And I think this just uses the same kind of evidence that we've otherwise talked about. Um, In October 2016, it confirmed that titanium dioxide was among the colorants being removed, according to that Center for Food Safety, citing an email from MARS. Otherwise, that's all the new information we have here, except we did get the full case docket number. So again, plaudits to Reuters because that leads us to where we want to go, the actual lawsuit itself. So before we dive into the lawsuit, I do want to hit a few super chats here, other chats. What do you think so far out of this? We're going to look at the lawsuit itself. We're going to look very briefly at the California laws that are cited in that lawsuit, but Just based on what you've heard so far, some of the things that we've read, what do you think of this without having read uh, the document? Which I I always know is is a bit of a risk, but I'm always interested in seeing how people kind of approach this thing as we go through uh, the levels of documentation. Uh, So Zach Frisch, thank you so much for the super sticker. I really appreciate the support. Fantastic stuff. Um, Thank you so, so much. And uh, Ryan Gallo, super sticker. So, so generous of you. I really appreciate it. Uh, All of this... It can't be done without support from folks like you. And uh, thank you. I am so, so thankful for that support. Uh, what else we have here? Tiny Trifle. By the way, do y'all eat individual Skittles or grab a handful bunch? I don't think I've ever eaten an individual Skittle in my life, honestly. Um, so, I, you know, chalk me up for uh, at least a few. I don't know if it's a bunch. Uh, we have those kinds of vocabulary questions there. This is, you know, three, something like that. You want to put a rainbow of flavors in there and potentially, you know, carcinogenic additives, depending on how you're feeling on that given day. Uh, But I don't, I definitely don't eat it uh, one at a time. Um, Dickie says, "I, I really only have to worry about heavy metals for the majority part. Again, not my area. I can only read this scientific stuff. I have never worried about Skittles before. A lot of Skittles have been eaten by a lot of people, but here we are. Artificial coloring is something as a consumer I can definitely live without. That's totally fair. It's not doing anything to change the flavor, uh, but they do have that whole taste the rainbow thing. And it would be interesting to see, uh, you know, what kind of coloring they can give to a Skittle uh, without changing the fundamental taste and using something that is less artificial. Uh, would be would be really interesting. Um, Shana says, what kind of psycho eats individual Skittles? Now, we don't know what people's different proclivities for Skittle eating are. I eat pizza with a fork and knife, and you might call me a psycho for that. <laughs> in fact, I know a number of people who would. Uh, but in fairness, one, uh, we make the pizzas thick here in Detroit. Two, um, it's just cleaner. Uh, so maybe somebody just enjoys a single skittle. Um, but that's not me. Uh, let's see how how we go here. Tiny trifle depends on how deep into the bag I am. I like we've got we've taken a side journey into precisely how you eat your skittles. To, for the record, I said I eat pizza with a fork and knife, not a Skittle with a fork and knife. Then we can start talking about psychotic behavior. I, I don't even know if you could actually cut a Skittle with a fork and knife. That would be that would be tricky. Um, Secret mix says I just eat a lot of floral gums. Fantastic, um, and that that is undoubtedly more organic and less artificial uh, than you know the, the the Mars Incorporated bags of Skittles. Um, Let's see here, WD Prescott asks, asked, I wonder how many lawsuits are gonna result in sorry, COVID happened as part of the dismissal. A lot of them, uh, not this one necessarily. I, I think where this actually comes down is that that, that press release, even though it's referenced here, isn't a promise. Um, it's essentially saying, this is our plan. We plan to do it over five years. Obviously COVID rolls in and even if somebody took it as a promise, I think they'd have a very good argument to say yes, uh, but manufacturing had issues, sourcing had issues. Uh, and so it's going to take us a little longer than we thought. That would all be within the realm of reason for me. Uh, but even in the first instance, they're not promising anything. So I don't think, I don't think that that's actually an issue. Amanda Lang. big difference between Europe and the U.S. Europe leans towards the precautionary principle, definitely evident in that document. U.S. towards risk-based decision-making. Each has its place, but one tends to prioritize health, the other profits. Now that's a kind of political philosophical statement. Um, And I think reasonable minds can differ on on that approach. Uh, But certainly the European Union is more likely in this document, in this particular scenario, to say, if we don't know, it should be prohibited. And the U.S. seems inclined to go the other direction. If we don't know, then you're liable if something happens. Um, And yes, that's a different philosophical approach. Uh, It does have the tendency to get more products out there some of which can be beneficial, especially on the health side, uh, but it'll be interesting to see exactly how those two interactions happen. This lawsuit, if it were happening in that jurisdiction, obviously I think would have a significantly more likely chance of success. Suing in California governed by the FDA in this particular scenario, based on what you're saying about the United States, which I, I think at least as we look at this, seems true uh, that the US is more, you know risk-based decision-making kind of approach. Um, that makes it a lot harder to win a lawsuit like this, uh, because well, there isn't any showing that Skittles actually do anything bad to you, uh, and that's generally kind of a, a requirement to bring a lawsuit of this type. brick Cormier, big difference between has not been proven to cause and what I've seen on other channels. I mean, we unicorn farts have not been proven to cause new universes. Oh, I think NASA is going to come to that conclusion with the new with the new telescope, right? I mean, I think. I think it's definitely a possibility. So we don't want to hold that out as, as necessarily not true. Uh, but yeah, I think those headlines, right? We, we call this Hangouts and Headlines because I've always been intensely interested with how messages get proliferated on topics of interest. This is, are Skittles poisonous? Are Skittles toxic? Are they going to affect your reproductive system? Are they going to give you cancer? And this lawsuit effectively alleges that they will, they do, Um, And even the European Union hasn't come to that conclusion. They have simply taken steps based on a different philosophy, as was pointed out in the last comment, uh, that is kind of distinct from the way that the United States regulatory apparatus here kind of deals with these issues, which is a little bit more, well, um, we don't know. We don't really have reason to believe that it does, especially now after people have eaten as many Skittles as they have. Um, But... Uh, that's on you, Mars. If you sell this and we don't know, and it turns out it does, you know, get your class action lawsuits ready. But this might be premature at this point in time because, well, Mars Incorporated and the US FDA are not bound to find the same things as the European Union. Dickie, i eat pizza with a fork and knife, but that's because I doused it with hot sauce, homemade garlic butter sauce, and more. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff on your hands. It's like a smothered burrito of a pizza. Eyes closed, laughing emoji. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I think people that get introduced, especially to Detroit pizza, tend to consider it like a casserole. I, it's my favorite, uh, but it doesn't lift and pick up terribly well uh, if you're if you're not otherwise ready for it. Uh, what else we have? We have people talking about how they eat Skittles. I love how this conversation has devolved. Um, and I think I grabbed everything, um, but let me know if I missed anyone. Uh, What else do we have here? Let's talk about this lawsuit. Um, Right after we talked to Sarah Duncan. Hi, Rick. Don't really understand the lawsuit. We've had COVID over the last few years and people have sadly passed away. So why has this been allowed in other lawsuits, i.e. J.D. versus Amber Heard? Well, I mean, COVID pandemic, terrible, obviously, but the justice system has rolled on Um, and certainly now in 2022, a lot of our systems are back up and running. It's something close to capacity before the pandemic started. Um, And if if Skittles caused cancer, like we just knew that right now, and Mars Incorporated didn't care about it, then you would want to be able to have a products liability type lawsuit brought against them um, and get redress and fix things for the people that were otherwise affected. So I think the pandemic is kind of a separate question uh, from this. But I do get, hey, there's other more serious stuff going on. Uh, but the, the court system gets the cases and controversies that are brought before it. Uh, Crazy Cat Queen says, technically, life is genotoxic. What do you think causes aging? Well, I mean, then you get into the other philosophical questions, right? We we, get, we we dive into like kind of political operational policy which is if you've ever been to the state of California, they have a labeling requirement for anything that is thought to potentially cause cancer and because that is so broad in California, which might explain why it's brought hit there as a lawsuit, they have labels on virtually everything. You check into a hotel and there's a label on your lamp and a label on your desk and a label on the frame that holds the painting that says this may this has been found by the state of California to cause cancer. And when you first go there, it's like, whoa, this is weird. And then you kind of ignore it because it's everything. You get these warnings on everything in the state of California. So I hear what you're saying, but certainly if Skittles increased that risk and gave people cancer, we'd want the law to be able to handle that. Favorite flavor of Skittle. Great for me. I have to be honest here, going with the last question on how to eat Skittles. I don't know that I think of Skittles as flavors other than Skittle flavor because I'm always putting three or four in at once. And so it tastes like Skittles, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, but I, you know, I, I have, I have enjoyed a bag of Skittles or two in my time. Uh, and so I do enjoy the Skittle flavor. I don't know that there's enough time that I'm usually seeing them that I care that much about the additive coloring. Uh, all right. So let's, let's get to that lawsuit. we got a few pages. We're not going to read through this like as in-depthfully as we do others. Uh, But we do have uh, Janille, Thames, Thames, whatever it might be, versus Mars Incorporated. Jury trial demanded class action complaint. Right, We've talked about this. This person doesn't just want to sue for whatever harm they might have had caused to them by a a bag of Skittles. They want to represent the class of people that have eaten Skittles. Uh, And as we've talked about in the past, the, the rules for this are that you have to be representative of a group that has been similarly harmed Um, And in this case, you've got a singular product. This is going to be primarily uh, a false advertising kind of complaint. uh, Although we usually like to see that here just as kind of a summary. Um, And so I think if this were to continue through, you might have a decent case for actually representing a class. People that bought Skittles between these dates and these dates, uh, I think could be something that could be a represented class, but we'll see if the claims get that far. Plaintiff brings this class action lawsuit on behalf of himself and similarly situated consumers who purchased for personal family or household consumption, defendants' candies sold under the brand name Skittles, which are unfit for human consumption. That was obviously what we saw in the headlines a bunch because they contain titanium dioxide, a known toxin. So known toxin is interesting, right? Because you're bringing this lawsuit into... Uh, a, a federal court seeking a class action under California law. And when we look at these references that are given to us by these various places, and they link to the code of federal regulations, we see that the current rule by the FDA is that a color additive titanium dioxide may be safely used for coloring foods generally. This is a crushing kind of statement for when you want to establish that it's a known toxin, because you have to go outside of the regulatory environment that this company is actually operating in and bring in other regulators and other information, right? Defendant has long known of the health problems posed by TIO2. In fact, in February, 2016, defendant publicly committed to phasing it out. Now this is pretty close to a lie, right? Defendant has long known of the health problems. In fact, in 2016, they publicly committed to phasing out TIO2. Now, I'm not saying Mars is an evil corporation that actually knows these things and is just putting this statement up as pretext. But in a legal document, you can't say that this statement in 2016 talks about health issues, right? Artificial colors pose no known risks to human health or safety is the opening line of one of their paragraphs. Mars is not stating that they believe that there's any issue here. And so... mm, You put that in your first paragraph. You can check on this. Defendant publicly committed to phasing out TIO2 because of this? No. But defendant has flouted its own promise to consumers. More than six years later, defendant continues to sell the products with TIO2 unbeknownst to reasonable consumers who purchase the products. Interestingly, in its February 2016 press release, defendant blew smoke suggesting that its planned phase out of TIO2 was called for simply because consumers today are calling on food manufacturers to use more natural ingredients in their products. So... What you say here is they knew about the health problems, they commit to phasing it out, and then everything in that statement is a pretext. Incredibly, defendant even claimed that artificial colors pose no known risk to human health or safety. So at least this is being included here. In doing so, defendant concealed from consumers material information it knew, namely that numerous of its competitors and other food manufacturers had long removed the toxin from their product lines because of scientific research showing that the toxin is unsafe for consumption. Now, again, you're you're writing checks here that you are intending to cash with the court. Does this line of argumentation from the European Union show that they are unsafe? E-171 no longer considered safe does not equal that it has been shown to be unsafe. And we know that from the language that's actually used in the document. I don't know anything about this particular additive. I don't know anything about whether it actually causes the harms that this particular litigant thinks that it does. But I do know that you can't say that it was showed to be unsafe from what I have been led to to, to look at. Right? Maybe there's other documentation uh, that has come out since then, but this report from the European Union is only about a year old, uh, so I don't think so. Uh, But they're trying to give you A feel for what's happening here, right? You're the judge, you get this complaint brought in front of you. Oh, they know it's a problem. This is all pretext. It has been shown to be unsafe. And then it's okay, where? What is what when? Several nations have banned the harmful toxin. For example, in 2019, the toxin was banned in France, where we found in that same article that we read that the, the French authorities found a problem with the data that they couldn't rule out certain things. And so they moved from that in 2019. And the European Union, the EFSA says, well, we were still okay with what our original findings were as of 2019 because they really don't want to be questioned on this thing, I I don't think. That's how I read this paragraph uh, in any event. So France moves earlier, but in general, the United States, the state of California, Mars Incorporated, isn't bound by just what one country in the world might find on these things. And that's not now unknown fact that everybody has to abide by. In May 2021, the EFSA released its report. That's what we looked at. Determining that TiO2 could not be considered safe for consumption. We get these quotes here. Uh, and taking into account all available scientific studies and data, the panel concluded that titanium dioxide can no longer be considered safe. A critical element in reaching this conclusion is that we could not exclude genotoxicity concerns after consumption of the particles. Building on that research, the European Commission announced that it too would adopt a ban on the use of TIO2 as a food additive. Under that plan, the ban would apply following a six-month transition period and beginning summer 2022, the additive should no longer be added to food products. So around here, which probably speaks to the timing of this lawsuit, right? You have the European Union move and say it's banned as of the summer of 2022. This lawsuit pops in in the summer of 2022, and I think we could probably connect those dots. Defendant with offices in Netherlands, Denmark, Ireland, Italy, Portugal, Germany, Norway, Czech Republic, Romania, Belgium, Switzerland, Austria, Slovakia, Hungary, France, Greece, and Spain. I almost went into a Mystery Science Theater 3000 song there. And with sales in each of those member states, was reminded of the scientific findings concerning TIO2 and was required to comply with the EC's ban. Now, they they use was there, but if it's the summer of 2022, I don't actually know the state of this ban, Um, so we'll see. Nonetheless, in the United States, here where this lawsuit is being brought, defendant maintains sales with TIO2 as an additive, failing to inform consumers of the implications of consuming the toxin. Instead, defendant relies on the ingredient list, which is provided in minuscule print on the back of the products, the reading of which is made even more challenging by the lack of contrast in color between the font and packaging is set out below in a manner in which consumers would normally view the product in the store. Now, this is coming down to what is very similar to a common law fraud or false advertising complaint. So that's why it's brought here. But presumably the answer to this, which I admit is difficult to read. Now you shined a light directly on it. We, we see you, we, we, we can see what you're doing plaintiff. Um, I admit it's difficult to read is almost certainly compliant with whatever the FDA requires for labeling on these things. Um, so you're going to have that problem. You're going to have the, we comply with the regulations that actually uh, govern us. Uh, and that's going to be a very helpful argument for them to make against these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, that's that's hard to read, especially when you shine a giant light on it uh, directly. Consequently, consumers who purchase defendants products are at a heightened risk of a host of health effects for which they were unaware stemming from genotoxicity, the ability of a chemical substance to change DNA. Skittles are genotoxic. And, and we don't, even from the European Union, we, we don't have this piece of evidence, right? If you go read that press release and you're the judge, you're going to find yourself wanting for evidence on this. Based on defendant's omissions, a reasonable consumer would expect that the product can be safely purchased and consumed as marketed and sold. You can eat them. However, the products are not safe and pose a significant health risk to unsuspecting consumers. Again, even the European Union isn't committed to this right now. You're using them as your background. They're just like, we don't know you know what? Let's not add things we don't know about into our Skittles. Um, Thanks. But they're not otherwise saying that they do represent a significant health risk. Yet neither before nor at the time of a purchase does defendant notify consumers like plaintiffs the products are unsafe to consumers nor would I expect them to contain heightened levels of titanium dioxide and should otherwise be approached with caution. Again, in terms of evidence, right? This is your intro. This is where you're establishing what you're going to talk about heightened levels. I mean, what what are the levels of titanium dioxide? Now, I know you're a plaintiff and you don't necessarily know that. You could do information and belief. You can do those kinds of things. But why would we believe that Skittles have more titanium dioxide than other kinds of candies based on what you have told the court? Accordingly, plaintiff brings his claims against defendant individually and on behalf of a class of all others similarly situated for violation of California's unfair competition law, which I have previously described as the umbrella. And it says you won't engage in unfair competition, basically. Uh, And that's anything that we might otherwise find untowards or illegal or otherwise, uh, that we can put under a violation of that law uh, because it is so broad and umbrella-like. That is the one piece of law that Apple lost uh, its case to Epic on with respect to some of its terms and conditions. Now, that particular finding got enjoined, um, and so it's not actually operative against Apple right now. It is very, very broad uh, in terms of how it was applied in that particular case. But you see this a lot. Usually you see it at the end of a list of complaints because you've got your more specific black letter law contract terms, whatever it might be at the top. And then you throw on the umbrellas at the end. You start that way. And just as a lawyer, I look at it and say, okay, so maybe you don't have a ton here. Consumer Legal Remedies Act implied warranty under the Song Beverly Consumer Warranty Act false advertising, fraud, fraudulent omission, or concealment. Basically, you lied. One of the things you don't see here is products liability. You don't see Skittles actually hurting people. You don't see that marker tied together because we don't appear to have any evidence of that at all. So what you've got as a thesis for this lawsuit is that France decided that they didn't have enough data. And so they said, don't put this in your food anymore. The EFSA said, you know what? I don't think we have enough data either. So maybe the member states should consider saying, hey, don't put this in your food anymore. The European Union and the member states said, yeah, okay, we don't have enough data. Don't put this in your food anymore. And then it swings around as the additive is genotoxic and Mars is putting it in and it's in America, even though the FDA says it's fine. And that's a problem because they are false advertising because they know that it actually causes harm, which is more than the European Union knows and kind of speaks to me before we get into any of the details and realistically why we're not gonna discuss the details at length here um, as kind of a, a false start, a false premise at the very beginning here. I don't mean to suggest that this person isn't very sincere about their concerns for Skittles and additives in general, uh, but I don't think that as described here in the introduction, this case seems terribly ripe for pursuit right now. We, we don't have those things that tie themselves together. We don't have scientific evidence that actually suggests that they are harmful We just have kind of precautionary principle applications of we don't know, so don't put it in your food, which is fair, right? And different jurisdictions are gonna look at this differently. The parties here, we have uh, the plaintiff is a person uh, in or around April 11th, 2022, they purchased original Skittles uh, from a quick stop in San uh, Leandro, California. Prior to his purchase, uh, Mr. Thames reviewed the label package and marketing materials of the products and saw the false and misleading claims that among other things, the products are safe for human consumption. Mr. Thames understood these claims to be representations and warranties by Mars Inc. What claims, right? Wait, hold on. Reviewed labeling, packaging, and marketing materials didn't find, uh, saw the false and misleading claims uh, that the products are safe for human consumption. Do Skittles on their package say safe for human consumption? I don't, I don't know. Maybe somewhere. Uh, here in in the in the small type says safe for human consumption uh, and views that as a misleading claim. Um, presumably the FDA also signed off on that, creating additional problems. Uh, and as a direct result of Marsing's material misrepresentations and omissions, Mr. Tem suffered and continues to suffer economic injuries. So you, so you saw this in the store. The story we're being told here is you went to the quick stop, you picked up a bag of Skittles, uh, you looked at the Skittles packaging, and you said, "My God, these lies." And then, knowing the lies, you bought them and then said, I am damaged by the amount that I spent on these Skittles? These representations were part of the basis of the bargain and that he would not have purchased the products or would have not purchased them on the same terms if the true facts about its contents had been known. Mr. Thames reviewed the packaging, saw the false and misleading claims, and Mr. Thames understood these claims to be representations of warranty. So I guess the notion here, this is just poor writing in my opinion, is that he didn't think they were false and misleading at the time and then later found them to be false and misleading, uh, presumably before he ate the Skittles. Because economic injuries is just, I bought the Skittles and then I want my $2 back um, versus you'd claim other injuries, right? If you had just ingested things that change your DNA to give you cancer, you'd, you'd ask for more, wouldn't you? I mean, if that was your actual belief. I mean, this, this rings to me of, someone that wanted to bring this case right they knew what was going on in the european union they knew there was a european ban they knew mars hadn't gotten rid of this particular additive at this point in time even though they said that they had planned to six years ago uh and now they buy this and i'm not i'm just not sure i buy this i in in terms of you know i believe it right this looks like uh you, you set them up for this and you know that might be its own concern Mr. Thames remains interested in purchasing candies from defendant that are safe for consumption. However, plaintiff is unable to determine if the products are actually safe for consumption. Plaintiff understands that the composition of the products may change over time, but as long as defendant may market the products as safe for consumption, when the products are not safe consumption, presumably safe for consumption, then when presented with false or misleading information when shopping, he will be unable to make informed decisions about whether to purchase defendant's products and will be unable to evaluate the different prices between defendant's products and competitor's products. See, this sounds like an FDA type argument. Plaintiff is further likely to be repeatedly misled by defendant's conduct unless and until defendant is compelled to ensure that products marketed and labeled as safe for consumption are in fact safe for consumption. That's literally what the FDA does. Um, Defendant Mars is a corporation that makes candies. Plaintiffs reserve the right to amend this complaint to add different products and additional defendants. Bring them all in. Let's have fun. Uh, Yes, Brett, did he really say, I want my $2? He did, but he wants to do it as a class action. Remember, we've talked in virtual legality before about the fact that if you're the plaintiff in a class action, well, you can make a lot more money. And more importantly, from a certain point of view, your lawyers can make a lot more money, and so you want to get out there first. Uh, but yes, overall, he said, I want to sue for the economic damages of the bag of Skittles that I purchased. Yes, that that did, in fact, happen. Um, let's see here next. Let me make sure we get that off the screen. Uh, jurisdiction and venue. We just assume this for the most part. He lives in California. He can bring the suit in California. Uh, Skittles candies are manufactured, marketed, and sold by Mars Wrigley. The candy is well-known by its colorful array, which Mars has dubbed the rainbow for marketing purposes to great success. For example, Skittles was America's first favorite non-chocolate chewy candy in 2017 with sales in excess of $185 US dollars. Now, that's that's interesting. So this is uh, from Statista. Uh, for 2017. Obviously, we're we're a number of years removed from that. I wonder if we could get some more up-to-date data on that. The color of defendant's rainbow, however, is due to its use of TiO2. Uh, Probably. I mean, it's a coloring additive, uh, but I don't know that we actually know that for a fact. Significantly, defendant need not rely on the use of TiO2 to achieve this result. Numerous of defendant's competitors do not use TiO2 in their products and yet are able to maintain the colorful impression defendant hopes to achieve with its products. Other candies are also rainbow colored. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I do think if you're in the business of marketing products that you are really, really concerned with exactly what your hue is and how your product comes out. But admittedly, I think there are, if they plan to get rid of additives six years ago, they are undoubtedly going through the process of figuring out what color they can make their various candies uh, with different processes that would not be viewed as artificial. Um, so, yeah, they need not rely on it to achieve the result is probably inaccurate. It won't look the same. The, the, the organic or non-artificial Skittles will not look the same as they do right now. Um, and that's probably fine. Uh, but I don't think that it will actually achieve the same result. Uh, and so, you know, again, when you're writing a lawsuit, try not to write those checks that you can't otherwise cash. For example, Swedish Fish Soft and Chewy Candy does not rely on TI2 and yet achieves a bright red color. It is a wildly different color than scales. I, I love this. I love that we are talking about this. And we have more examples. Likewise, Black Forest Gummy Bears does not rely on TIO2 and still strikes an assortment of colors, including orange, red, yellow, and green. Probably true. I don't I don't actually know. I don't know that I've ever had a Black Forest Gummy Bear. Uh, I think I'm a, I'm a Haribo guy, uh, but uh, I don't know. Haribo wasn't brought up. Similarly, Sour Patch Kids does not make use of TIO2 and accomplishes vivid colors like lime green yellow, orange, and red berry. Does anybody have any idea what the color red berry is? I don't know. I'm loving this lawsuit right now. Obviously, as we get outside the highlights, I haven't seen this stuff before. You're getting my reactions live on this kind of thing. Now we get an assertion, right? We talked about the introduction. I didn't think that we actually had evidence here. We have titanium dioxide is harmful to human health. In February 2016, defendant alerted the public of its intention to remove TIO2 from its confectionery products, which I love as a label for candy. Following that announcement, JD Hansen, senior policy analyst at Center for Food Safety, stated that we are pleased to see that Mars has taken a positive step towards eliminating toxic, unnecessary nanomaterials from its line of food products. We urge the company to speed up the removal of these additives, especially given the grave health concerns associated with titanium dioxide and other nanoparticles. Now, this is a this is a grave health concern. It's not an established health issue as of yet. And as we talked about with respect to the Center for Food Safety, nothing wrong with what they are doing. They're a lobbying group that is concerned about, uh, what do they call it, industrial agriculture. Um, and they are the right kind of body to react to these kinds of things. And that's why it's brought up in the lawsuit. But it's also not dispositive of anything at all. Mr. Hansen further stated that studies have shown that the human health risks associated with ingesting nanoparticles of many common food additives far outweigh any utility of producers. There are plenty of non-toxic alternatives available, and we urge Mars and others to commit to not using any engineered nanomaterials in human and animal food products. Uh, This has nothing to do with anything, right? This references studies. That's where you would bring those up uh, in the lawsuit that you have just brought um, that says that. You, you are there are risks associated with ingesting nanoparticles. This isn't limited to TiO2. So this is a kind of a broad statement. We don't like nanoparticles and it outweighs utility of producers. That doesn't talk about the production process of Skittles at all, right? So this is a generic kind of press release statement. And again, I'm not begrudging Mr. Hansen from making these statements, but okay, now we're starting to look at a lawsuit that is based primarily on a press release from a lobbying group. Defendant's public statements built on efforts by other large food companies to remove TIO2 from their products in March 2015, for example, Dunkin' Donuts announced that it would no longer use TIO2. The reason for eliminating titanium dioxide is simple. TIO2, which is used in paints, coatings, adhesives, plastics, printing inks, and roofing materials, has demonstrated an ability to pass through biological membranes, circulate through the body, and enter cells. Research shows that the effects are serious, including DNA and chromosomal damage, Organ damage, inflammation, brain damage, genital malformations, ouch, lesions in the liver and kidneys, and cell neuroses. I I didn't I didn't read any of that when we looked at what the European Union had to say, right? As of May 2021, all we got to was there could be an issue. The evidence for general toxic effects was not conclusive but we could not rule out a concern for genotoxicity. And consequently, we did not establish a safe level for daily intake. It is question mark, question mark, question mark on our board. And so we said, no, we probably shouldn't allow people to put this in your food. Fine. Even uh, Majad Yunes here, which is also quoted, the absorption of titanium dioxide particles is low. However, they can accumulate in the body. That's all we have that's remotely close to these assertions. And again, I'm not questioning this person's sincerity, but this seems more broad-based uh, that that nanoparticles that get into your body can cause all these kinds of issues. Uh, maybe true, probably true, uh, but not actually tied to TIO2 as, as part of anything that we were directed to. And there might be stuff out there, but if I'm the judge, if I'm the court, I'm saying, uh okay, you directed me to these kinds of quotes. This is the lobbying group. You directed me to the EU. I looked at some of the EU stuff. We haven't gotten here. Titanium dioxide also builds up in the body's intestinal tract. Ordinarily, the intestinal tract serves to absorb nutrients for the body. However, titanium dioxide cannot be absorbed. When this occurs, the body's M cells absorb these particles and bring them to the innate immune system over time. The titanium dioxide particles are incorporated by the innate immune system cells where they will remain without being degraded or dissolved. Again, based on what? Guy that walked into the quick stop and purchased Skittles. Are you saying that this is known by you? Because you're alleging this in the facts of the case. You're, are, are, is that your background? Because you should tell us that you are a nanoparticle scientist at the front end. In 2019, the French government responded to these troubling findings by banning all foods containing titanium dioxide. This ban took effect in January 2020. And again, the European Union reports on this as the French government had the same question mark, question mark, question mark pattern. At that time, defendant subsidiary Mars Wrigley Confectionery France confirmed that it could and would comply with the law. It's a good idea as a corporation. Later that year, in October 2020, the European Parliament removed titanium dioxide from the list of food additives authorized by the European Union for Human Consumption. European researchers studying titanium dioxide noted that the long half-lives of titanium dioxide nanoparticles created the potential for the particles to accumulate inside of human organs and tissue. Potential, right? I mean, I think we're... I think we're talking loudly at each other with the same kind of concept that what the European Union decided on was that we don't know, and you view that as demonstrable evidence of harm. European researchers also determined that titanium dioxide nanoparticles could cause DNA strands to break, leading to chromosomal damage. Defendants' omission concerning TIO2 is actionable. Despite its February 2016 commitment to U.S. consumers and its apparent compliance with the laws of the European Commission, defendant has endangered U.S. consumers, exposing them to TIO2, which defendant knows carries significant health concerns. Based on what? It also failed to tell consumers that contrary to its earlier representations, it did not remove TIO2. As a result, plaintiff and the class were injured by the full purchase price of the products because the products are worthless as they are marketed as safe for human consumption when they're in fact not safe for human consumption. See, they're smart here in not going so far as to say that they were damaged in themselves, right? At a fundamental level, I find disingenuous that they bring up all of this long litany of concerns about uh, what Skittles can do to you. And they are smart enough, cagey enough, uh, intelligent enough to say, no, no, we just want our money back. Uh, We don't want to otherwise uh, claim that one of us got cancer from Skittles. Plaintiff and class members bargained for products that are safe for consumption and were deprived of the basis of their bargain when defendants sold them products and packaging containing dangerous substances with serious health consequences. No reasonable consumer would expect that the products marketed as safe for human consumption would pose a risk to their health, safety, and well being, uh, or that it would contain TiO2, which is linked to harmful health effects in humans. Accordingly, plaintiff and class members suffered economic injuries as a result of purchasing the products. This describes getting your money back for Skittles. Now you might say, why would anybody care about any of this? And the answer is, uh, there's a certain level of class action, as I said, that could be brought for a whole number of people that wouldn't really get a lot back, that might not even sign up to the class, but that a good chunk would go to the plaintiff's attorneys. As the products expose consumers to a substance that poses a risk to consumers' health, the products are not fit for consumption by humans. Plaintiffs in the class are further entitled to damages for the injuries sustained and being exposed to TIO2. Oh, see, I gave him too much credit. Damn it. Damages related to defendants' conduct and injunctive relief. Okay, so they slipped in uh, that the Skittles hurt us. Fair enough. Moreover, because these facts relate to critical safety-related deficiency in the products, defendant was under a continuous duty to disclose to plaintiff and class members the true standard quality and grade of the products and to disclose that the products contain substances known to have adverse health effects. Nonetheless, defendant concealed and misrepresented this information as discussed herein. Although defendant is in the best position to know what content it placed on its packaging during the relevant time frame and the knowledge the defendant had regarding the presence of TIO2 and its failure to warn consumers that the products contain TIO2 to the extent necessary, plaintiff satisfies the requirements of Rule 9b by alleging the following facts with particularity. Who? Defendant made material admissions of fact about the products through its labeling, which shows that the products are safe for human consumption. These representations constituted omitted material information regarding harmful chem- chemicals. What? Uh, defendant's conduct was fraudulent because it omitted and concealed the TIO2 when, during all the class periods we might otherwise establish this, where the marketing was uniform and pervasive, carried through material emissions on the labeling of the product's packaging. So it must say safe for human consumption somewhere. How defendant made material emissions of fact regarding the products, including the presence of TIO2. Why defendant made the material emissions detailed herein for the express purpose of inducing us to purchase Skittles and injury. Plaintiff and class members purchased paid a premium up to the full price or otherwise paid more for the products when they otherwise would not have absent defendants omissions. Again, you slid in up here that you wanted coverage for being exposed to TIO2. You're never actually claiming that. Anyway, your class allegations, we're going to skip. This is procedural primarily. And it says, hey, this is why we should be a class. We have a bunch of people that have purchased Skittles. All the people that purchase Skittles would be in the same place, etc., etc." Here's the unfair competition law. California's umbrella law prohibits unlawful, unfair, or fraudulent business act or practice. You did something bad, we can catch you in this umbrella. By committing these acts and practices, we think it's a violation. Defendant has violated the prescription against engaging in unlawful business practices, as more fully described above. We reserve the right to change things. Uh, You're unfair because you're doing all these things against us. You're fraudulent because you're lying about these things. Uh, And the gravity of the consequences of defendants' conduct as described outweighs any justification, motive, or reason, therefore, particularly considering the available legal alternatives which exist in the marketplace. And such conduct is immoral, unethical, unscrupulous, offends established public policy, or is substantially injurious to plaintiff and the other class members. We demand relief. Violation of California's Consumers' Legal Remedies Act, which prohibits representing that goods or services have sponsorship approval, characteristics ingredients, uses, benefits, or quantities which they do not have, representing that goods or services are of a particular standard, quality, or grade, or that goods are of a particular style or model, prohibits advertising goods or services with the intent not to sell them as advertised. So essentially, this claim is that by saying it was safe for human consumption, which again, I, I got to believe is an FDA-related thing for their packaging, then when it's not safe for human consumption, these folks have been deprived of their Skittles money, breach of implied warranty under the uh, Song Beverly Act. You, we can look at these things, but basically it says that there's an implied warranty that goods are merchantable uh, in California, which means that basically they can do what you might otherwise buy them to do, which is you open the bag and you eat the Skittles. Under the Song Beverly Consumer Warranty Act, every sale of consumer goods in the state of California is accompanied by both the manufacturers and retailers sellers implied warranty that the goods are merchantable. The products at issue here are consumer goods, and we allege that they aren't merchantable because, again, they have TIO2, and TIO2 uh, causes cancer, allegedly. Violation of California's false advertising law pretty much does what it says on the tin. All of this stuff is misleading. Fraud is the harder, more intentional false advertising. You would always throw this in. Fraudulent inducement. You got contract concerns there. Fraudulent concealment. All of these are of a piece with the concept that they lied to you. Quasi contract. If you don't find a contract from some of the above stuff, then you can still get relief because you were otherwise harmed by what looks like a contract. And what do they want? They want an order certifying the class. Sure. They want an order declaring that defendant's conduct violates the statutes. An order finding in favor of plaintiff. Sure. For compensatory, statutory, and punitive damages in amounts to be determined. I didn't even see a number on this thing. For prejudgment interest. For an order of restitution for injunctive relief as pleaded or as the court may deem proper, uh, and for attorney's fees. And then usually you'd throw here at the end for anything else the court might seem appro- deem appropriate, uh, right? And then we have here um, a number of lawyers from a, a specific law firm uh, operating out of Walnut Creek, California, uh, and that is the lawsuit. So they don't claim products liability. They They try to intimate that the Skittles could have harmed us. But that's not what the lawsuit is. The lawsuit is instead, hey, you owe us our Skittles money back because they know they probably can't go further than that with these particular facts and evidence. And the facts and evidence aren't actually in evidence that these things actually damage you, that they cause harm to you is not even what the European Union has determined at this point in time. I'm not saying they don't. I can't make any scientific determinations about whether the Skittles that you love might otherwise be killing you. But what I can say is that in a lawsuit like this one, in a document like this one that was reported on fairly breathlessly in a lot of corners of the internet this weekend, this lawsuit doesn't even do what it kind of purports to do, right? By the time you get to Reuters and their headline saying, well, Skittles are toxic, which is as far as people go. Um, mm, that's what it's alleged. They, it's alleged to be toxic with no evidence because all they have is based on what the European Union has found, at least as presented, as presented. There might be something that comments can bring in and says, actually, Rick, there's 40 studies that are done here in these health journals. And hey, that is awesome. This plaintiff did not represent those things to the court. And the judge can't go on its own recognizance and look up health journal articles on these kinds of things. So if I'm Mars, I say we comply with the FDA the European Union didn't find them to be toxic. They take a harsher approach to these things, more power to them. That's their jurisdiction to run, but they did not find these problems that the plaintiff has alleged. We'll get out get out of here, court. They have an, a ripe controversy right now. There's nothing that the law can do about what it is that they have claimed and Mars has already been damaged by what you could say are potentially uh, you know, defamatory type statements. You're allowed to do those in lawsuits for the most part, uh, but... All of these headlines, Skittles are unsafe for consumers because they contain a known toxin, et cetera, et cetera. All of these went live in a hundred different places, were on my timeline a bunch, and based on nothing more than the information that we already had, by my estimation. So what do you all think of all this? What do you think of this particular lawsuit, my coverage of it, my determinations as we go through? I know we skipped through some of the more legalistic aspects of the end, what fraud looks like, how the unfair competition laws work, because they all are of a piece, that Mars said it was safe for human consumption, it isn't safe for human consumption. And so they committed fraud, whether that's by contract or quasi contract. And if you commit fraud, you're acting unfair in California and it's not merchantable because you can't eat something that was sold to you to be eaten. It's all the same kind of complaint. Nothing wrong with that, that lawyers should do, they should make seven different versions of it. But what do you think? Um, So let's chat about it a little bit. I I did see that we do have some super chats I wanna make sure to get to here. I think we already talked about Ryan Gallo's super sticker, but we'll talk about it again because I want to make sure we don't miss anything. Thank you so much for your generosity, Ryan. Tim Riggs, not Tim Riggins, Friday Night Lines, a known toxin. Citation, please, Mr. Lawsuit. Right? Like if you were just reading that as a Reddit post or or something, that's the paragraph. You get these statements, and you're like, um, sources, receipts. This is footnote me. Hit me with something here. I'm I'm listening to you. I'm treating your complaint seriously. Where are you getting that from? Because I read through the other stuff you cited and it's not there. So if there's something else, absolutely amend. Talk to me about what is actually happening. But right now I don't see it. And that's just me taking it seriously. I'm not just dismissing it out of hand, but you got to show me how you got to these things. Tim Riggs, boil it down though. Regardless of public commitment, as long as Mars follows FDA ingredient and FDA state labeling, there can't be a claim here. Right. Yes. Well, you can have, State arguments about whether the federal clauses and FDA compliance uh, are actually enough. Different states can have different requirements. There's a whole kind of argument about supremacy clause stuff uh, between the FDA and what would be the state health regulatory bodies. I would have to go much, much more deeply into that here. But as a broad-based rule, you're complying with the federal rules on selling candy across state lines. You're going to be okay. But California is an interesting jurisdiction. California often tries to impose additional rules outside of what the federal government requires on a number of things. That's why they're in the news and lawsuits so often. Um, So it's possible they could take a more aggressive approach here. But yes, broadly speaking, uh, we don't want our intrastate manufacturers to have to deal with, you know, 6,000 different regulations in the United States. Um, so that's what the FDA is supposed to be able to do is kind of put these things and give permissions on those. I, safe for human consumption is not marketing. That's not, that's not what you would put on your bag of Skittles if you otherwise had a choice, uh, because it implies that it might not be right. You, you don't, you don't go buy uh, a, a piece of food and, uh, it says safe for human consumption. You go, whew, good, I'm glad I was really concerned about that, but now that this label says it's okay, I'm all set. Instead, at least the way my brain works, I say safe for human are there some that aren't? What is the opposite of this label look like? Um and I, I would be willing to bet that it's an FDA requirement to put that on there. but not an FDA lawyer, and I'm not looking up the regulations right this second. Tracy Fagan, I want my two dollars. Better off dead. Yeah? Yeah, exactly. For- Cormier. Did he do it with a switchblade and while riding his bike? Because that is all I see when I hear that phrase. If you do not understand, you need to watch Better Off Dead. Apparently I do. Apparently there are, I want my $2 references uh, in Better Off Dead that I have to check out. Law and Lumber popping in here. Janil Thames, tens whatever. I want 15 minutes of fame and hate corporations. Lawyers, do you buy Skittles? Hold my beer and watch me lawyer the shit out of this. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that the lawsuit is not a winner. Uh, but they did get the headlines they wanted, right? So you can say 15 Minutes of Fame, Hank Corporations. Uh, they wanted they wanted these headlines and they got them. Um, so it is effective if that was the goal. And you have to respect the effort, even if I don't respect the lawsuit. Uh, thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Nicholas Staro, unionist labor law, whiskey and cigars are bad for me. Guess if I care. Right. Well, I mean, and I think certainly if you know it, the, the argument, if Skittles cause cancer, um, the argument in the lawsuit is actually good one which is presumably, you know, whiskey and cigars have whatever effects they have on you. And uh, this lawsuit doesn't say that Skittles should be banned. It effectively says that uh, Skittles should be saying that they cause these things. Uh, and if they did, I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with saying, well, maybe they should tell us because there is a false advertising component there, uh, right? Versus cigarettes or cigars or whiskey or whatever else you might otherwise consume that can harm you. This is kind of a transparency concept, right? It is fine that that influencer was flown uh, to the Taj Mahal uh, as a part of uh, trying to woo them into recommending this particular brand of makeup for you. uh, As long as they tell you that that happened, that transparency is the most important part of all of this. Uh, And if you lack that transparency, then you start getting into falsity and deception at a commercial level. And that's when the law starts to care about you. Um, so I, I tend to agree with with your, your notion here. Uh, but if there's a real problem with this particular additive um, and that's proven, then I think there's at least an argument, probably properly made to the FDA, uh, more than in this format, that says they should have to at least say um, that there's a potential problem. Now that in and of itself, that sounds easy enough. We talk about cigarette packaging. We talk about a bunch of other packaging and compelled speech and the First Amendment and all sorts of stuff that gets fought about all the time. What can you force me to put on my packaging is a constant fight uh, in this in this area of law. And maybe we'll talk about it again in a different context at some point. Um, T in Tennessee with the super sticker. Thank you so much, T in Tennessee. I really appreciate your support. Um, what else we have here? Rob's back. MSM isn't safe for human consumption. Do we have a class action? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Politicizing my stream, Rob. I tell you what, the MSM as a monolith, I don't think exists, right? We find good stuff. We find bad stuff. I do think there are concerted efforts to uh, deceive from certain quarters. We try to call those out here in Hangouts and Headlines. And certainly with respect to those articles, uh, I don't know whether it's safe for human consumption. But maybe you you could have some kind of disclaimer that says may not be a hundred percent truthful, might might be might be omissions, two percent omissions, which would be a pretty good rate for them, um, and otherwise may- labeling requirements on on media consumption, I think it goes a bad direction first amendment wise, uh, but I do find some humor in the in the approach. Love you, Rob. Tim Riggs, can we sue the law firm that wrote that filing for adverse effects to our brain from reading through that asinine set of arguments? No. And maybe I should bring in a lawsuit at some point that's like really bad. That one was, I think, specious in its logic, but not horribly written. Um, So they get a lot worse than that before you start getting into sanctions or damages or otherwise. Uh, So hopefully, hopefully you mean the lawsuit and not my analysis of it. Uh, But either way, we probably can't get them for damages, but they can make them a lot worse. Believe you me. Uh, Peggy Riordan. Wondering how this won't reflect poorly on the attorney filing a lawsuit that doesn't show any real harm. Well, again, it's, it's, there's at least a kind of patina, a smokiness of politics in this. It's filed in California. California generally takes a harder line on products, liability uh, on packaging and things like that. Um, So I I don't really think that they'd get in much trouble for this, but certainly Mars is going to come down with a hammer In their response. And I think the hammer is likely to be justified for how this was presented to the court. Um, So, again, no sanctions. Lawyers will be fine. They can be written a lot worse than this, people. Uh, But yeah, I don't think it's a winner, end of the day. Law number last one Are Skittles as sweet as Tennessee whiskey? Well, I can tell you I've had Skittles. I can tell you I haven't had Tennessee whiskey. So, we find ourselves in a bit of a logic loop here now, don't we, Rob? You'll have to tell me, or maybe. You get some Tennessee whiskey, you open a bag of Skittles, you pour the Skittles into the bottle of whiskey, and you tell me what, what it tastes like as it comes out. Maybe an experiment. Maybe we do that. Lots of people trying weird foods on YouTube. We'll do a Rob. Rob drinks weird things. People will love it. We'll do a show. DM me. We'll get this done, Rob. Uh, thank you so much for the super chats all morning here. I, I, I very much appreciate it. Brett Cormier, safe for human consumption just reminds me of USMC Mess Night when the president of the mess says, I proclaim this meal fit for human consumption. Yeah, right? It always implies the opposite. It's the elephant in the room. This is safe for human consumption. A, are you positive? Did it need to go through a rigorous examination because you were super close to the line? And what should I worry about for everything where I don't see this label? Uh, Rob says, didn't mean to be political, but difficult to list individual publications in a condensed super chat. I'm not, I was joking with you, man. Uh, I, obviously we give a lot of crap to a number of outlets, uh, and more specifically authors. Cause I think any given outlet does some good stuff. Last week, I almost brought up an article and maybe I'll do it tomorrow from the Washington post. That's just, I really liked, I thought it was really well done. Now it's a fluffy kind of piece, uh, about two video game designers, but I thought they did a good job kind of going through all the, uh, different things that I would want to know about that story. And I wanted to bring it up because the one thing I don't want to get, because I think people sometimes think this is me here in headlines is that like down with all journalism and down with all these outlets, that's not me. I think we very much need as a society, people that are willing to go out there and report on things and ideally report on things in a fashion that allows us, the, the, the readership, to decide what we think about these things on our own and that things get overly editorialized in various ways and they make bad assumptions and logic and things like that and we'll call them out. But that's all in an effort to make them better. I, I think it's an important function that that is an important institution in the United States and around the globe. And if we can make them better, great. And sometimes in order to make things better, you need to call out when they're worse. Um, And so that's what we do here. But I need to do a better job of bringing in stories that I like, that are well handled. That's why I started with the Today uh, Show headline here, because I thought that was much better than the other alternatives. But I wanted to talk about them all. Nicholas Starro, unionist labor law. I once saw a milk package with the text, once opened, store upright. I want to see the lawsuit that led to it. (laughs) It probably wasn't a lawsuit. It was probably like a letter or something that said, I opened it and then it all spilled on the floor. <laughs> I want my money back. And then somebody in legal said, okay, all right. Um right, let's just put a label on it somewhere. Uh, when, when you open it, uh, understand that the way gravity operates on this liquid, uh, you don't want to store it on its side or God forbid upside down. Uh, and so I imagine that those kinds of things happen. I like to tell people when you read contract terms, when you're looking through the Facebook terms, the Twitter terms, or a EULA on your favorite video game or anything else that you'd interact with. Um, and you see weird things, um, that like, wow, when would that ever come up in general? That's legal responding to a situation that had already happened. Uh, and so it's just added in, added in, just cover it, just cover it. No, you can't ride your motorcycle on the roof of the hotel. You know, just, just cover it, just cover it, put it in. (laughs) <laughs> and, and go from there. Uh, so yeah, I, I hear you on those kinds of things. Uh, T in Tennessee, Rob, no Tennessee whiskey rocks. Okay. So this is an order to not dump a bag of Skittles in a Tennessee whiskey, which I have to be honest based on my like proclivities only makes me want you do it more. So consider it. Maybe we could talk about costs and expenses. Uh, but I kind of, I kind of want to know, um, uh, what that, uh, what that will be like for you. Um, Rob says I just realized slight dyslexia in my chat after Hoag read Reddit smooth is Tennessee whiskey sweet is strawberry wine mornings. It's like strawberry wine 17 the hot July moon saw everything yeah I hear you Um, Hoagla, well will you talk about the unity headlines uh, about their recent acquisition that would be to me and I'm still figuring out the split here more properly a virtual legality. I have like four virtual legalities I could make. I intend to make at least a few um, in the next couple of days. Um, to cover some of the things that are being talked about right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's I will split more of those in that direction. But maybe I'll talk about Unity headlines uh, in this space. Still figuring things out. The, the great summer of experiment here in uh, Virtual Legality and the Hoglaw YouTube channel uh, as we figure out the times to start these things, which I miss on Mondays occasionally, apparently. Uh, what we talk about in the two different shows, how we talk about them. I know a lot of people didn't like that we covered the elon musk lawsuit in a hangouts and headlines format i thought that was most fun when we were doing it immediately after it was filed uh, but i will re-examine that of course because some people did object to it so all things that we're sorting out and unity on my list of topics to potentially talk about i have not forgotten it um and i've talked to uh, i've talked to people uh and uh on twitter and us about that so follow me on twitter if you're at all interested well i think that's it for today's hangout and headlines please do like and subscribe on the way out the door. If you lasted this long with me, chances are you're going to like some of the rest of my material here. Check out Lawyers and Dragons. It is the goofiest, silliest, funnest thing that we have done uh, in this space. Otherwise, have a great Monday and I will see you on the next episode of Virtual Legality uh, or the next episode of Hangouts and Headlines. Heck, maybe the next episode of Lawyers and Dragons. Who knows? Either way, have a great day and I'll see you.